Okay, everybody, hold on to your butts. I just finished recording this episode, so now I come back and give you the intro preview so you know what to what to be on the lookout for. Uh, I can't even tell you. Like, I, my head is still spinning. I'm not sure just what happened here. So, anyway, drop set, episode 243. Let's hit it. And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is The Drop Set. With your host, Darren Starr. Can y'all hear this? Hold on. I'm going to be quiet here for a second. Listen to the noise in the background. Can you hear this? Is that a problem? Like, it's not registering on my audio levels here, so I don't think you can hear that. But uh, we have a, yeah, if I, if I expand the waveform and make it huge, I still can't see it. So I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue here. So um, I have a, a space heater in my office now because, um, well, I'm a big old pansy um, it, uh, you know, here, here in Knoxville. You know, if you've been following me on social media, you've you've seen the pictures, you've seen the videos and the stories and stuff. It's just been an absolute disaster here. Snowmageddon 2024. We got like nine inches of snow um, last week on Monday, I think it was. Um, and then for a week, it didn't give it above 20 degrees once. Um, today, it's in the high 40s, and so stuff is finally melting. Um, my wife is back in school today for the first time in a week and a half. Um, you know, she had uh, the previous weekend off and then it was MLK day. And then, so she was off for that. And then Tuesday through Friday last week, they were closed weekend, obviously off. And then, uh, they were closed yesterday as well. And finally went back today on a late start. So, um, the County schools, she teaches private, but the County schools are still closed. So for a week, uh, a week plus, um, it's been a disaster here. So, um, there have been like in East Tennessee, like 25 deaths also. So, you know, I, I make light of it just because like, Oh, it's the traffic's terrible. The roads are awful, but also like 25 people have died also. So it's quite serious. Um, but, uh, man, it's, <laughs> we, we really are, are not equipped for this, <laughs> not, not equipped for this. And, uh, we have, we have, as a population, we have proven that. So we are coming out of it now, uh, thankfully. And so uh, m- most of us are, uh, you know, intact. None the worse for wear. I did, as I, as I leave the neighborhood right now, like um, I just got back from walking the dogs. The neighborhood roads are a little slushy, kind of a mess. Once you get out to the first like connector that takes you to one of the main roads, it's fine and everything's fine from there. So it's, it's all good, well and good, but you get out to North Shore Drive here, um, which is like, you know, obviously it runs along the north shore of the river. Um, and you go along there and you get towards the first uh, first on-ramp for the interstate. You pass a Chick-fil-A on your left. Somebody, somebody really wanted their Chick-fil-A when the weather was really bad. They were in the drive through and the drive through it's like you go into it and then there's a hard left turn um, to get to like where you actually pull up to the speaker to place your order. Well, their car didn't get the message as they were on ice that they were supposed to turn left. And so it kept going straight over the curb, down this bank, and you can like... (laughs) You can see the tracks of the car behind it and everything, and I can just imagine how panicked the driver was. And finally, like, into a ditch, there's a little creek that separates this giant grassy field from North Shore Drive. Um, and so it's, the car is, like, nose down in this creek, and it's covered with police tape. I'm like, 
That's probably somebody who wishes they didn't have a Chick-fil-A craving. The point here is don't eat Chick-fil-A. Um, and uh, you won't get into a catastrophic car accident, and your diet will be intact as well. So there you go. Public service announcement. Hi, everybody. Darren Starr here. Thank you. Drop set episode 243. I think um, 242 was my interview with Autumn last week. That was great. Had a good chat with her. Um, learned a lot. Um, and uh, if you haven't already, make sure you're following her on uh, social media. If you have uh, any ideas for who else I should reach out to, let me know. I love doing interviews. I love chatting with people um, just, you know, virtually. Um, I don't like having face-to-face conversations with people. But over Zoom, it's great. I think that's awesome. So, um any other ideas for anybody, let me know. Um, I will reach out. And of course, as I often say, if you can, if it's somebody that you know and you can help make a connection or an introduction, great. Because otherwise, my tactic is to DM people and it probably just goes into some, like, you know, don't reply to this guy folder um, and uh, it's never seen. So, um, <clears throat> what are we going to talk about today? I don't, I don't really know. I just hit record and I'm like, hey, cool. I've got you know, a bottle of wine here and I'm good to go. I wish that was the case actually. So the funny thing is like uh, watching my wife in her week off and I've, I've talked about her before. Love her. She's great. We're very different people as far as like, you know, I'm a bodybuilder. She is not, she could care less. <laughs> and I honestly, I love that about her. I love that about us that we can just have our own things and be like totally different on a lot of things. And it doesn't really matter. Um, and so she has been like, you know, <laughs> She today was her first day leaving the house in over a week because she doesn't have any desire to drive on the ice or snow, and I'm totally fine with it. I honestly, um, going back like in my college days of calculus-based physics, we did for one day. Um, the instructor just thought it would be a good life lesson to talk to us about driving on snow and ice, and you know, and so. <laughs> From a physics perspective, like there's a lot more to it than you might think. And clearly in certain situations, you're just fucked. Um, but even even on ice, in certain situations, there are things that you can do to give yourself an advantage and kind of position yourself to, uh, you know, maybe get point A to point B if you really have to. I had minimal ice to deal with. It was mostly just snow, little pockets of ice, slush here and there. Anyway, she, she, she has no desire to get out of that. So I was going to the grocery store. I'm like, as always, any requests? Wine. Okay, cool. So, um, she is, uh, she is an art teacher and she is also an artist and, um, coming up in March, the school where she teaches at, they do a, um, professional art show and, um, artists, professional artists from all over the region. Like I would say the East coast, largely like the Tennessee, Kentucky, Georgia, Carolinas area. But, you know, we've seen people from Boston, New York, um, the upper Midwest um, come down, Florida, Texas, um, set up, um, they they set up a booth and they sell their works. And, you know, the whole, you know, everyone from all over the city comes and um, they browse. And also like, you know, it's a private school. There's a lot of money in that private school. So a lot of the families of students and stuff will come through. And so... As a faculty member, she gets booth space in there for free. Um, all the professional artists have to pay for it. And so she's like, cool. So I'm going to work on some art and put it in my booth. And, you know, it's, it's as she says, it's the one time a year where she gets to feel like a professional artist. Um, and so 
I support her in that as much as I can. Um, in years past, that means like I make like the frames that she will do um, her art on. And um, past years, we've done a lot of resin work, and I will help with like mixing that. And there's a big process in you know getting that put over a piece and like getting it to come out looking correct and finished. Um, this year, she's taking some old pieces and actually just going back and revisiting them. And she's going out to thrift stores and buying canvases with like old time frames and like just some painting on it that kind of sucks. Like she's got one out in the garage. That's this portrait of some crazy looking baby or something like that. She's going to paint over it and do something else on it. But the frame that it's in is really cool. So, um, I'm kind of off the hook this year, but she gets going with a little bit of wine. And as she says, like, as soon as I get a glass of wine in me, like I stop judging myself and I start getting a lot more bold and free with brush strokes. Same thing when we're recording music. So in her time off, we've um, put together a few cover tunes um, that we'll be releasing for our band. Um, and so as she's singing, she's like, you know, I got to make sure I don't have too much because I can get sloppy. But it also lets me be a little bit more free with some vocal choices on things, too. So um, I, I should do that here with the podcast. I mean, you know, sadly, I am now in prep, so I can't really do that. But, uh, man, I feel like it would be uh, make for a more interesting show, possibly. Instead, we're 10 minutes in and I'm just rambling about nothing. So I still don't even know what we're going to talk about. I haven't I haven't brought up the topic du jour today because I don't know what it is. Um <laughs> That's where we are. Does anybody listen to Google Podcasts? By the way, I, I have decided that's how this episode's going to go. It's just going to be randomly flitting around from one thing to the next. So does anybody listen to Google Podcasts? Because I got this note here. Just uh, one of this came through an hour and 19 minutes ago. Google Podcasts is going away. Oh, no, I don't think anybody uses this, right? So um, we recently announced it's going away. In order to ease this transition, you have access to a tool that allows you to eagerly, easily, eagerly, easily migrate your show subscriptions to YouTube Music, or to download a file of your show subscriptions, which you can upload to an app that supports their import. I don't know what the fuck this means. Like, okay, go away. Fine. Um, is this already on YouTube Music? I don't know. I feel like it should be, but yeah. Like, my band's music gets published to YouTube Music automatically, so I guess I just got to figure this out. So, if anyone listens to it, that would be, uh, let me know. Um, it would be good for me to know, well, I guess I have analytics for this, right? Um, who, who um, how, how do y'all listen to this? So, like, I know, I, I do look at, like, how many people, um, how many people listen to each one, but um, January 21st, weekly stats, okay? Yeah. Um days of listens yeah latest episodes listens per explore statistics we're going to click on explore statistics here see what it tells us here who's listening on what platform but you didn't expect to hear this when you signed up for episode 243 you're like all right i'm gonna learn about some bodybuilding shit no we we're gonna learn about what platform people listen to this podcast on um oh god i can't i can't dig into this wow retention is really good um, like, you know, people who listen to the first minute, 93% of listens make it through 75% of an episode. Holy shit. Like that. I feel like that's pretty spectacular. Um, uh, I'll take that. I think that's fantastic. Apps and devices. Here we go. That's what I want. How they listen. Mobile applications. 90%, no shit. People listen on mobile applications. Thank you. That's not helpful. Can I dig deeper on that? Okay, yeah. Um, okay, so here's what we got. Apple, 
61,000. Jeez, Louise. Okay. Um, iPhone podcast app and player is next. Apple Watch is next. CastBox FM is next. Podcast Addict, never heard of that. Spotify for iOS is next. <laughs> Other Android apps is next. iTunes, Overcast, and then, uh, okay, so Google Podcast is not on that list, which means I don't care. Um, okay, great. What's next? Um, I do have uh, I do have a list here. So I have this, um, this goes back. You're about to go behind the scenes inside baseball here. I keep this list of um, things. I'm like, hey, I should talk about this on social media at some point. Um, and so this is this text file in my downloads folder is called social April 5th, April 5th, meaning 2023 is when I wrote this thing. So for a while, I do a really good job of keeping notes about, hey, this is a good idea. So I figure I could just like kind of run down this and each one of these would probably be good for about a two minute conversation. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to this. Um, we'll get to this shortly here. What else? Oh, I started prep. So there's that. Um, I did put out a video um, on YouTube yesterday. This will be a weekly thing on Monday. So if you have not already, please go to YouTube. Um, hold on. I'm going to go with you right now. Go to youtube.com slash at five star physique. It's really weird. You can just, you know, go to Google and type in five star physique YouTube. That would work as well. Or youtube.com slash at sign five star physique star with two R's and boom, here's my channel. You hit the subscribe button. We're good to go. So I do have, um, up here, uh, right now published 19 hours ago, 20 weeks out contest prep vlog. So, um, it was not really a vlog because I think, you know, um, a vlog, if you do it correctly, like I did post one when I traveled last year. Um, and what it is, I recorded little clips all the way through my trip and then just stitched those together and then edit and posted that. That's kind of what a vlog supposed to be. So yesterday it was really just like, Hey, I'm talking to the camera here. Let me put some stuff on screen. Okay. That was it. Um, that will probably be what most of it is. But also, I just kind of had the idea on Saturday, Friday or Saturday. I'm like, hey, should I do this? So I posted an Instagram poll and um, everybody who answered, I had like, you know, for me, I had like 35 votes on that, which is pretty good. Um, everybody except for one, Ian, I'm looking at you, said, yes, do it. Ian's a guy I used to work with. Um, I actually haven't seen him in years, but he follows me on social media. I think mostly just to say snarky stuff <laughs> because that's his personality type. Um, so, uh, so we're doing it. So I was not prepared for this first one. I wanted to do it anyway, just to rip the bandaid off and get started with it. So this week it will be a little bit more um, prepared, but I'm also still kind of learning how it's going to evolve. It's like, you know, if you see, if you find a YouTube series that you really like and it's like, wow, this is really good. And you go back and watch some of the first ones. You're like, oh, this is how it started. Okay. That, that's you're, you're in the, this is how it started phase with these um, contest prep vlogs. So hopefully by the time we get to one week out, it's going to be like super cool, highly produced sound effects, bullshit all over the place right now. It's like, you know, it's a hostage tape of a guy talking into a camera. So, um, but you know, trying to keep it entertaining at least a little bit, or at least informal. If it's gotta be one of the two things. It's gotta be entertaining or informative. If it can be both great, but God, that's hard to do. It's hard to do. Um, so that's up. Um, the basic recap here is I started prep two weeks ago. Um, so this last Saturday was 20 weeks out. 
Um, the only thing I did when I started prep was I stopped, you know, eating outside my macros. Like I didn't really change the numbers. I did drop them down a little bit cause I wasn't a surplus. And I'm like, I think this is probably about maintenance. And yeah, right now I've like in two weeks I've dropped 0.8 pounds. So pretty close to maintenance. I'm not pushing too aggressively on that. Just trying to be a little bit more consistent, like with how I do cardio, um, getting steps. Uh, I haven't really changed a whole lot yet. One big change that I did make was I did actually hire a trainer. So I am coachless. I will be coaching myself through this prep, but I actually hired an in-person trainer for the first time in my life who I'll be seeing three times a week. So this is um, Sam Baker, who is at Club Four. <clears throat> She's a wellness pro. And so I figured like, hey, you know, what I really need is some help with some legs. And so where better to go than that? So, and so far we've done, um, two sessions. Um, the idea being we were going to start like last Monday, but then, you know, weather was a little bit of an issue. So, um, we hit a session on Friday and then again, yesterday, both of those were leg days <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, I mean, good stuff. So we're on the same page as far as like, you know, kind of collaborating, like, Hey, what do you think? Where should we go here? And we've, we're, we're usually kind of talking over each other and, and throwing out the same ideas as far as like workout construction. So I'm not going in with a plan. I'm like, let's collaborate on this and let's figure out like for glutes and hams, where do we want to start? And so we're like, well, you know, compound heavy isolation, lighter isolation. I'm like let's start with lighter isolation to kind of warm up. And so we did some really high rep stuff and spent a little time there logging everything and then when we go back this next friday and do the same workout we're just gonna do the same thing again and so like the quad workout that we did yesterday we'll do that again next monday um so we're still tracking all that stuff we're using progressive overload um you know making her job easy i'm like i don't, I don't need you to come up with new stuff every week like the idea the foundational principles are the same like i'm gonna be the easiest client you've ever had but possibly the biggest pain in the ass at the same time like, I don't need you to be creative. What I need you to do is, like, fucking yell at me. <laughs> so we're, we're going to see how that works. We're going to see how that works. So far, so good. Um, she's also, like, she, she's got a sense of humor. Um, so it, it's it's helpful. Like, there's just kind of a, a click there immediately, too. So um, pretty happy about that. Kind of excited for that, too. Um, so what else? Um, not much. Not much else is going on. Let me look through here. Here, here's something. So, top kitchen upgrades for the bodybuilder. Whoa, did we just get whiplash from that? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Top kitchen upgrades for the bodybuilder. Here are some things that um, I, I put this list together, and I was going to do a YouTube video on this. I'm like, I don't think anybody wants to watch this YouTube video, so let's just talk about it here. I got six things on this list, um, and I would be curious to hear anybody who has ideas for other things that should be on this list as well. So, if that's you. Let me know. By the way, call in number 865-518-6569. Call in, leave a question. Um, please save save yourself from me. Make it so that I, you don't just have to listen to me for 40 minutes straight or however long this is going to be. Like something else would be good too. Like let's let's hear you. I would love to hear some additional voices. Always, always. 865-518-6569. The number's in the show notes, always. So um, top kitchen upgrades. So six things on my list that I think... Um, it's kind of hard. Like these are, these are things that I use on the regular or have used or enough of my clients use them that I think they're invaluable. The first one is an electric tea kettle. Um, and so if I was, if I really had my shit together, I would give you links for all this stuff, except my wife has bought all this crap. So, um, I don't, I don't know what she buys. We've gone through several electric tea kettles. Like she is big on, she is a big tea drinker. And so, um, <laughs> she will, 
Um, she she is a kind of a diva about some of her, her her kitchen stuff. And again, I say that in the nicest way possible. Um, but like, you know, she'll use a tea kettle for a year or two and then be like, this thing gets so much lime built up in the bottom of it. <laughs> like there's something wrong with it. We need a new one. Donate new one. Um, so it's like everything's got a shelf life. Um, the one that we have now is really cool because um, you can set it for whatever temperature you want to hit if it's like... You know, there's a, a option for boil to 12 degrees Fahrenheit. There's one for green tea. There's one for black tea. There's an option for hold temp. So bring it to a boil and then just keep it there. Don't turn it off, but keep it at that temperature until I come and do something with it. Um, and so I use that for cream of rice. Um, cause here's the thing. If you're having cream of rice and you put that shit in the microwave, you're, you don't know what cream of rice is supposed to be like. Um, that is such an inferior preparation method. I can't tell you. So I did have this conversation with Sam because I was talking just a little bit about diet and it occurs to me like, She's like, that's on my meal plan, and I don't know how to make it. And I'm like, it occurs to me like a lot of people don't. And I have written blog posts about this. I've talked about it. There is a science behind it. And as soon as I start talking about this, people are like, okay, you're a fucking psycho, and also that sounds too hard. I'm like, it takes a little experimentation to figure it out, but trust me, it's worth it. So um, because cream of rice in the off-season, like if you need to get in 130 grams of carbs in your first meal, that's the way to do it um, because you can eat an absolute metric shit ton of it, and it just doesn't fill you up the way that oatmeal does, right? If you need to get 130 grams of carbs for oatmeal, you're going to be sitting eating that for probably about 30 minutes, um, and, and you're not going to feel great beyond, after that either. You're going to need a nap probably. Um, so the way to do cream of rice, detour here, um, you take your dry ingredients. Okay, first of all, hold on. Hold on, I gotta take a sip of this because we can settle in story time. Okay. Should I turn this into an ASMR episode? Just like drink my drink right into the microphone. The first thing you need to do with cream of rice is select the right bowl. So what you need is a bowl that has smaller surface area so think like something shaped more like a cup or a mug than a saucer right so something small now it doesn't have to be super small like that like i use a very small mixing bowl it's the small we have a set of three mixing bowls it's the smallest of those it's the right size for the large portion that i'm making um but what happens is um the cream of rice needs time with hot water added to it in order for it to cook and uh, the issue is if you have a large, like very wide, flat bowl, um, first of all, it's hard to stir it without getting the water all over the place. So you want something that's a little has a little taller edge to it. Um, but also the greater surface area, like the larger the actual surface of the bowl is, the more heat dis disper dispersal you're going to have. So it's going to drop heat faster and it will, you know, it will, in fact, you will find that, and I should do a side-by-side -side video on this between two different types of bowls. Um, a larger bowl just will not cook it thoroughly and you're still going to have like clumpy shit in there. and It's going to be gross. Um, so you want a bowl that has a smaller surface area and the correct ratio that I would start with, and this is going to have to vary a little bit depending on the exact shape of your bowl, but start with a ratio of two to one water to dry, which means if you're using 50 grams dry cream of rice, you would add on the scale 100 grams of water to that from your tea kettle. Get the tea kettle boring, boring, boiling, add 100 grams of water, stir, 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 probably don't need to add any more. You might have to go up to like 110, 115, a little more often isn't a problem, um, but that's the way to do it. So 
you take your dry ingredients, cream of rice, little cinnamon in there. That's it. Add the water. There you go. Now, are you done? No, because that is inedible. Like plain cream of rice is disgusting, just like plain oats are disgusting. you got to have something in there to sweeten it. So you can use stevia, whatever. Sugar-free syrup is my jam. So um, the thing is, though, that is room temperature. So you've got to have it fully cooked before you start adding in your room temperature stuff because that's just going to stop the cooking process. It will cool it down enough, just like the heat dispersal from the top in a larger area bowl will cool it down faster. You add room temperature stuff into that, it's going to cool it down as well. So stir it, stir it, stir it until you get to the right consistency and then add your room temperature stuff in there. And then I will add some frozen wild blueberries, which really stops the cooking process and to the point where the blueberries haven't really thawed out all the way. So then once those are mixed in, I will throw it in the microwave for 30 seconds at that point, basically just to heat everything back up so that the blueberries can get fully thawed out. So that's the process. That's cream of rice in a nutshell. That's how you do it. Um, Next would be a mandolin. Um, So not like an eight string little mini banjo guitar thing, but like a slicer. Um, So you got to be careful. Like my mom a couple weeks ago sliced her thumb really good using a mandolin. So be careful. They come with little guards. Use them. Right. But if you're trying to slice a potato or an onion or a pepper or anything like that, uh, celery, carrot, any kind of thing like that, uh, rather than using a knife, you just stick it on the mandolin and go you can go through a whole carrot in like 10 seconds and it's just, it, everything is perfectly chopped to the same thickness. It's adjustable. We have right now a chopper slash mandolin where you can just stick a whole onion on the top and push it down and it take, it pushes it through the little grater thing and it comes out like fully minced in, in the little reservoir that sits under it. Um, but it also has a functionality where you can use it as a mandolin too. So um, just if you find yourself chopping anything or if you find yourself avoiding veggies because you hate the idea of chopping them, then that's the solution for you. Get a mandolin. Absolutely. Air fryer, number three. I use the air fryer less and less because I am lazy, but my wife uses it all the time. So she will use it. I mean, the first thing is if you go out to eat and you bring back leftovers, heat them up in the air fryer. Never use a microwave ever again. Like if you bring, if you get like a burger and fries out or something like that, and for some reason you don't eat all the fries because you're a loser and uh, you bring them back thinking that like soggy leftover French fries are going to be edible, you stick them in the air fryer, they will be. They're like new. It's magic. It's awesome. Um, she gets, um, she will um, do eggs in the air fryer. She'll like put a fried egg in there. Um, she's done hard boiled eggs in there, I think. Um, I used to do potatoes in the air fryer all the time. Um, it takes a little time, but man, it's just, it, it creates some really good stuff. I know a lot of clients who will use it for proteins also. Um, so it's, it's just almost universal. You can do just about anything with it. It's uh, anything that you can microwave, you could throw in an air fryer and it'll probably come out a lot better. Um, the number four thing I have on here, I wrote exactly this, a good fucking knife. (laughs) So the most dangerous tool in the kitchen is a dull knife, right? So get a good knife, make sure it's sharp and keep it sharp. I will say, um, at one point we took, um, some of our kitchen knives to a local knife sharpener. We actually took them some kitchen knives and our lawnmower blade. (laughs) And, um, man, it's amazing what a professional sharpener can do. So we brought these things back, and I'm like, holy hell. Now, still, like, if you have a good quality knife, it will stay sharper longer, and it will last longer um, if, if it does have to be resharpened as well. Um, 
So, um, but a good knife, like think about the size of knife that you need, um, that you would benefit from and, and invest in a good one. Quality Tupperware, the same way. Um, locking containers, 100% requirement. Like just the kind of snap on and just kind of like stick on. And like, oh, I think that's on there. As soon as you drop that thing, lids off. It's got to be a locking container. Personally, I recommend, I, I personally prefer plastic over glass just because I don't like the idea of dropping something and breaking it. Um, those glass Tupperware containers, like we have some, we have a whole set of them. Um, they're sturdy. Like I can drop it on the floor and it's probably not going to break. Nonetheless, it's like, eh, they're also lighter if they're plastic. Um, some people are paranoid about microwaving plastics. I'm not one of those people. So um, decide, uh, decide for yourself. Um, and then also a, uh, a ground meat masher. <laughs> so this is a thing like, um, my wife bought one of these and it's just a little thing. It looks kind of like, um, you know, an old school mace, like a medieval weapon. Um, but it's, it's got, it's not that big and it's made of plastic. So it's not a very good mace. It's not very heavy either. It's got a handle and then it's got like a star shape on the end of it. That's got like five or six points, something like that. And in using this, like typically I would just use like a hard silicon spatula or something like that. If I'm cooking ground turkey, using this thing, it just it's it gets it uniformly broken up so much faster and with so much less effort. Like it's it's awesome. And I figure a lot of people probably know about this stuff, but I was not one of them. It was new to me. So um, I'm uh, I, I really like that. I really like that. So there you go. Top kitchen upgrades for the bodybuilder. Who knew? Um, how long have we been at this? God, 30 minutes. Okay. I still got some more shit to do. What else do we have? Um, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here's one. Top ways you're messing up your macro plan. Now, I feel like I've posted on this many times. I feel like I've done videos on this. I do talk about this in client check-ins every single day, multiple times. So here is the trend that I am finding. Um, and like sometimes I just, I feel like I get stuck on a certain thing and suddenly it's that situation where, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And I start to think like, this is the answer for everything. But honestly, I really think it is. So, um, and I make the assumption about this, um, that one of my key assumptions is that everybody is as serious about their goals as I am about mine. And so you're willing to do things above and beyond what the average person is willing to do. Um, which is not to say I'm going to kill somebody or anything like that. I'm not talking about anything nefarious. I'm just meaning like I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of basic stuff in order to achieve goals that I've set out. And I would say that is true for most of my clients. Some of them more so than others. Um, and some of them rightfully are just like, you know, they have slightly different goals. And so I don't begrudge them that at all. That's fine. But if you're serious and you have a macro-based plan, the, th the one thing, what is the one thing that I see people do that causes them to mess up and slow down their results? It's that they're treating it like it's a flexible plan. And I have them you know, record macros in their daily tracker every day, and every day the numbers are different. And I, at some point I, I, I start asking, like, why are these numbers different? Like, why isn't every day the same? Um, so... Whether it's a meal plan or macros, um, if you're working with a coach and you, you follow macros or you're following a meal plan that they have written for you, the approach is the same. Um, you should plan on eating the same stuff every day because that level of consistency breeds precision, which creates data that is clearer and easier to interpret and will yield faster results because you have cleaner data that you can look onto and accurately assess. 
So there gets to be a point in your journey where you know how your body responds to stuff. You know how you feel on things. and You can implement more flexibility there. But I honestly think that that's something that needs to come with time and like a lot of time down the road. Um, even now, like part of it is like, I just, I thrive on consistency. First of all, it's easier to plan. I spend approximately zero minutes per day thinking about my food. I I follow a macro-based plan. I follow my own macros. Um, I built the meal plan myself, just like I would if, if a coach had given me macros and I had to build that meal plan, same thing. So um, my plan is, uh, it's sustainable. It, it's a good mix of clean stuff and dirty stuff. Um, it, it hits all the marks that I know that are important about like protein distribution, um, carbohydrate timing. Um, the macros are completely dialed in and accurate for what the targets are. I spend zero minutes per day thinking about my food outside of like, oh, it's time to eat. Let me put this meal together. Okay, cool. I'm not tracking anything. I'm not logging anything. Um, let me tell you what. I will open up my phone right now. Where is it? Um, we're going to open up my fitness pal. I'm going to go to diary. I'm going to go back to the last day that I actually logged something. I'm going to be clicking this back button here. Friday, January 19th, January 18th, 17th, 16th, 15th, 14th, 13th, 12th, 11th, 10th, Ninth. Here we go. January 9th. This is the last day that I actually logged something. So the 8th and the 9th I logged because this was when I started prep. And so this is kind of when I'm like, hold on, let me get this meal plan all squared away here. So meal one. Yep. There's cream of rice. Meal two, three, four, five. They're all in here. My macros are exactly 276, 462, 92. So I'm one over on protein, two over on carbs, two over on fats. That is accurate enough. Um, so yeah, the only reason I would pull this app up at this point is if I can't remember how many ounces of deli turkey I'm supposed to have in meal three, like, wait, was that five ounces or six ounces? I can't remember like that. I'm not logging this. I've spent zero time thinking about food and what I'm going to do throughout the day. Now, the downside of that is you don't have flexibility. You are kind of in a box, but what I would say is put yourself in that box and earn your way out of it over time by being super consistent. Show that you can follow a plan. Show that you can be consistent in how you follow that plan. And what you'll notice is when you follow a precise plan and you follow it 100%, holy shit, these results are very different. Like if you've been really loosey-goosey with your macros, you will notice that just tightening everything up and reducing variables and increasing consistency, increasing precision is the way to go. So, um, yeah, top ways you're messing up your macro plan. That is number one. That's like number one, two, three, four, and five. Um, beyond that, it's usually just numerical errors. Sometimes, you know, with, with my plan specifically, they're written with total carbs. If you're tracking net carbs, that will mess it up. Um, uh, what else? Um, well, the other thing, this is the big thing, and this is one of the biggest um, downfalls of macronutrient plans in general, is whatever app that you use to track, um, it's a user source database. I talk about this all the time here, and um, a lot of those database entries are just, you know, bogus. Let's, let's, uh, let's demonstrate here. So we're going to pull up diary, add food. I'm just going to add chicken breast, okay? So I'm going to search here, chicken breast. If I could spell correctly. I don't have the right glasses on. So, uh, okay. So these are entries that I've used before. So, um, I don't want to use one of those. Okay. Best matches more results. Okay. Um, here's one chicken breast parentheses, chicken breast. Like, uh, okay. I'm not sure why it says that twice. Um, 
Serving size, one cup. Well, who measures chicken breast in a cup? Like, what the fuck does that even mean? What if I said um, 5.3 ounces? Okay, cool. Let, let's go with that. One serving of 5.3 ounces. So this says that um, five ounces of chicken breast has 54 grams of protein. That is incorrect. It's about seven grams per ounce, so that should be closer to 35 grams. So you've overestimated on your protein by 20 grams, which means you're actually under-eating protein by 20 grams. Um, it says it has 27 grams of fat, which is incorrect. It would have about two and a half grams at most. It also says it has 13 grams of carbs, which it doesn't. It has zero. So what am I looking at here? Well, this could be like a chicken breast entry from some restaurant, and maybe this is how they prepare it, and they're fortifying it with some bullshit to get the protein up. I don't know. Point being, like, you've got to run all these numbers through your internal bullshit detector and just know that um, – proteins should be depending on the protein somewhere between five and eight grams of protein per ounce. Anything outside of that is not correct. And so this, this is telling me this is 10 grams of protein per ounce. So I know that's incorrect. Um, it's chicken breast and it has carbs in it. Chicken breast is also, it is the quintessential lean protein. So why do five ounces have 27 grams of fat? Like this is obviously wrong, but it's only obviously wrong. If you've got some sense of what the real numbers are supposed to be. So when in doubt, check another one here. Like here's another one, chicken breast. Okay, cool. So this is a three ounce portion. So I'm going to say here, um, three ounces and I'm going to say 1.67 servings because that will be five ounces, right? So this now says 33 grams of protein. Okay. That's better. It's probably just a little bit low, but that's okay. 4.2 grams of fat closer. That's still a little over, but closer. 3.3 grams of carbs. Again, it should be zero. Um, but again, three grams of carbs, I'm like, eh, whatever. That's not too bad. So this is much closer. So this is, oh, it also says mesquite grilled chicken breast. Maybe they're putting something on that that adds carbs or adds fats. So that's, that's a possibility. I wouldn't feel bad about using that. Chicken breast, raw, skinless. Now, this also doesn't say it's cooked, right? Four ounces, 25 grams of protein. That's low, but if it's raw, that would be correct. And this also says three grams of fat. Cool. So um, that would be usable. But now what I need to do is go back in here and say chicken breast cooked is going to be the search term. So we say that. Here's one. This says 100 grams. It's about four ounces. 31 grams of protein, 3.6 grams of fat. Close. I think I can do better than that. Four ounces should come up also. It should be around like 140 to 150 calories. So you can kind of gut check some of these things like that. So here's a six ounces. Nope. Double chicken, no chips. This looks like somebody's. Um, oh, that's me. <laughs> that's, that's my recipe that I put in. That's a salsaritas bowl. Um, that's old, man. Here's one. Five ounces, 187. Um, so this is uh, five ounces, 35 grams of protein, four grams of fat, zero carbs. I would say that's probably close enough. I'm, I'm overestimating on fats by a gram maybe or so. That's pretty good. I'll take that. So, again, you've got to know what the numbers are supposed to be and then go to it from there. If you don't know, go to Google and type in USDA food database and do a search in there. Those are the authoritative definitive numbers. So, um, so I would strongly recommend that. Strongly recommend that. But also just less variability in your macro plans. Just eat the same shit until you've earned some variability. Um, and by that, I mean like you have seen the results. You've seen how effective it is. And then introduce a little variability here and there. Don't suddenly be like, cool, now I'm going to do something totally different every day. It's like ease into it. Ease into it. That's the idea. So 
this has been possibly the most scattershot episode of this podcast that the world has ever seen. So, um, simultaneously, I apologize for that, and you're welcome. Um, not sure what else to say. So, um, I'll just say peace out. Thank you all for listening um, and being a part of this. I do truly appreciate it. Check out YouTube.com slash at Five Star Physique. Yes, the at sign has to be in there. That's how YouTube does their thing for some reason. Um, and uh, check out the uh, the vlog series in there for contest prep. Follow that journey along and uh, come along with me for the ride. It should be a, should be an interesting time.